0: Love, talk, radio. So it's uh, faith-based. It's so you're involved with atheism, not atheism, right? It was that you said, saying that you know, a lot of Christians, um, they maybe text or they maybe email you, and you know, they was pretty much quick scared of you. And I said, oh, okay, challenge, okay. No, I believe the Bible. I don't believe the Bible <laughs> saying that slavery <laughs> is okay because <laughs> it gives instructions about how to handle slavery. Andrew, that's faith. You just said you accept evolutionary evolution theory. So that's faith. You got faith in a theory. By any chance, are you gay? Uh, what do you think Well, will Hello, everyone. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me here again on the Atheist Roundtable. Look, one of these days, it's, again, going to really, truly be a weekly Sunday night po- uh, podcast live here on Blog Talk Radio every week. ...Sundays at 11 p.m. One of these days, it is actually going to go back to really being weekly, but to be honest right now, life just keeps getting in the doggone way, okay? I'm sorry that it does. I apologize, but uh, I'm back tonight. I am back tonight, and I am your host. My name is Andrew Garber. I would love it if you would send me friend requests, if you would like the fan page for the Atheist Roundtable, most importantly... I want you to give this show a five-star review on iTunes for some damn reason. I don't know why, but I hear it's important to get other people to listen to the show or something. I don't know. I don't know really why anyone would want to listen to this show. I had someone on Twitter let me know that he listens to this show with his child. Hopefully, to just put the child to bed at night and bore them into sleeping, that's probably what's happening there because I know – that in order to get my kids to go to sleep, I just start talking to them and they are out like light. Thank you so much for being patient with me and getting back into the swing of things. I really do appreciate it. One of these days, again, it's going to be weekly for now. eh, It's going to be hit and miss. Okay. I say that, I say that it's going to be hit back on next week. When I say that I'm going to be back on next week, I will definitely not be back on next week. So we're just going to leave it open and, and, and not put anything down. Uh, Permanently, okay? If you live in America, like I do, if you live in a place that is America, okay, then you cannot have escaped the craziness that is this presidential election. You cannot have escaped it. And it is just now election time. I mean, now would be the time that I would normally start paying attention to who the presidential candidates are now would normally be the time when I would just kind of rub my sleepy eyes, look around the horizon, see who the nominees are, and go, okay, who are they? What do I know about them? What do I need to know about them? Now is about the time when I would just be taking my first look. But no, no, that is not the case that has happened this year Even though I tried to hide my head in the sand, even though I tried to keep my silly little brain out of all the politics, it has been nigh impossible because of the craziness. Now look, the nominees are in, okay? And by now we have really a choice between two major candidates, all right, and To be honest with you, my mind's been made up for a really long time. Um, To be honest with you, I couldn't keep my head in the sand. I couldn't just turn away and wake up right now and rub my eyes and look across the field and see who my choices are. Way back when, way back when, when there were well, that 18 20 Republican nominees six seven Democratic nominees I mean there used to be this whole doggone party of people right I mean this this large gamut of people and even when there were so many people running I, I, I still only had a choice right of giving my one vote to one of those people. I really only had you know, um, the people that were going to run for the, the nomination for on the Republican ticket and the people that were going to run for the nomination on the Democratic ticket. Those are the people that I really had to look at. And as soon as I did, as soon as I looked at them, my mind was made up. My, my choice was fairly clear. Look. Do you remember? Do you remember back when we had the two dozen Republican nominees? We, we only really had two Democratic nominees. Okay, I'm going to talk about those guys and gals in a second. Okay, but let's, let's start with the Republican nominees because there were so more, so many more of them. All right, remember that, uh, John Kasich, Marco Rubio, Ben Carson, Jeb Bush, Chris Christie, Carly Arena, Rick Santorum. Rand Paul, Mike Huckabee, Lindsey Graham, Bobby Jingle, Scott Walker, Rick Perry. Remember all those dudes and gals. Remember all those. All those people were running. And at one time, at one time, it looked like not Trump. One of them, one of the other people, may have had a cho- a shot of becoming the Republican nominee. Right at, at before now, okay. There was a time when not-Trumps were uh, in the running and were making cases and were trying to push forward. And in that time, there were two Democratic nominees. And when you looked at the people on the Republican ticket, when you looked at all of the people on the Republican ticket, all of the people on the Republican ticket, none, not a damn one of them was worthy of my vote. Not one Republican nominee was ever, ever worthy of my vote. Who was the guy who dropped out last? That was uh, the baby-faced guy, Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz? I mean, let's let's play a game of what if. What if Ted Cruz had won the nomination? Who was the guy who dropped out right before them? Uh, Was it Carson? Or Kasich, somebody. I don't. I don't. I don't remember uh, who dropped out before then. Uh, but uh, those guys are not my guy. Those guys are not the people that I'm going to side with. Those are not the people that are going to hold my values when they, if they were ever to become in office. Those. None of those people. None of those people. That were ever running on the Republican ticket would ever be the kind of person that I would ever, ever want to name a Supreme Court justice. And look how many Supreme Court justices are there right now? There are eight. Eight. That seems to be one fewer justices that are supposed to be on that court. So we know the next. Pre- we know the first thing the, pre- the new president is going to do. Is name a Supreme Court nomination? We talk about Supreme Court nominations every presidential election. We always talk about Supreme Court nominations every presidential election. It was so so important when we were talking about getting Obama elected, right? When we were talking about electing Obama, because what would happen if uh, the, who was the guy running uh, Huckabee, right? No, yeah, or uh, 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 the other guy. Uh, McCain, right, right. Did we want these people, Supreme Court justices? And Obama's picked well. He was a, he's supposed to have picked three, right? He's supposed to have picked three. He's picked two, and he's named two women, which is flipping awesome. And I love him for it. Look, there are a lot of things I don't like about Obama, but one of the things I do like are his Supreme Court picks. I'm kind of digging those. I'm kind of digging the Supreme Court picks that Obama has made, and that's important. That's a really important thing when considering who you're going to vote for for president, our Supreme Court nominees. And we know, we know that this next president is going to nominate at least one, because there's not one now, Supreme Court justice. Who do I want them to pick? None of the people. None of the people on the Republican side that I would ever want to thank a Supreme Court Justice pick. Not a dang one of them. What am I left with? I'm left with two people on the same dang ticket. And yeah, yeah, I voted for Bernie in the primary. Yeah, I was a little disappointed that Bernie Sanders did not get the Democratic nomination. And yeah, I'm a little disappointed that the – chair of the Democratic National uh, Convention, uh, stepped down and was immediately hired by Hillary Clinton's campaign, all right? I'm a little disappointed that Hillary Clinton picked whitest white bread dude of all time for her VP pick, when she could have picked someone so more awesome, all of the people that could have been so much more awesome than wonder bread dude. So yeah, I'm disappointed. All right? I'm, I'm over here. I'm thinking, man, uh, do you remember the excitement that we had when we were looking to the first African-American president in the history of the nation? Do you remember the excitement that we had when we had Barack Obama as the Democratic nominee for the presidency? Do you remember when we were engaged, empowered, Fighting for hope and change. Yeah, I get it. I get it. The guy let us down, too. I mean, I'm talking about all the great stuff that he's done, what with the Supreme Court picks. And I, personally, really kind of dig the Obamacare thing, okay? No, it didn't go far enough. But it was a great step. It was a great first step. It's a great nudge in exactly the right direction. Exactly the right direction. I think it's good. The thing that we can build on, the thing that we can use to improve and grow strengthen. I'm not down with everything Obama's done. What, if this, what if it was it, his first flipping turn in his first term? He said he was going to shut down Guantanamo Bay. Is that thing open or closed? Right? So I'm not all uh, rose tinted glasses about what Obama's done. At the same time, I think he's done some great things, Flips. And I. And he even did great things when he had Hillary Clinton as his Secretary of State. There were even good things that happened then. Was Secretary Clinton the best Secretary of State of all time? Yeah. She was a good one. She was a decent one. She was all right. Didn't. I don't don't think she fucked anything up. Oh, there's a there's a person listening with a child. Um, I don't think she messed anything up so completely badly that it's uh, not repairable or not re- it has not already been repaired. People yell Benghazi at me all the time, like it's a thing. Right, Benghazi's a place. Right, not like there was a Benghazi. <laughs> it's, it's it's not the way that happens. Uh, nine congressional inquiries later, I, I'm pretty sure we can just uh, all go to bed safe and sound and, uh, and confident in our ideas that, meh, shit should happen sometimes. No, I'm not excited about voting for Hillary Clinton, but I'm going to vote for Hillary Clinton, and I'm going to ask my audience. Why aren't you? If you're not considering voting for Hillary Clinton, why aren't you? What's stopping you? Bernie lost. That sucks, man. That really sucks. But look at what happened to the Democratic National Platform. It incorporated Bernie Sanders' ideas, it incorporated Bernie Sanders' views. A lot of the things that Bernie Sanders wanted to get done, Hillary has taken on in her campaign. All right. Not everything. Okay. Not everything. But a lot of the things, some of the things, some of the big things, some of the good things. I wish Bernie Sanders was my candidate, but he's not. And the candidate that I do have is worthy of my vote. I really think that the candidate that I have left, absolutely, 100% worthy of my vote. I don't vote. The lesser of two evils, people. not the way I work this. I don't, but I don't ever think that writing in uh, Mickey Mouse or Superman or uh, uh, any other name on my ballot is going to be helpful or useful or meaningful in any way. I don't think that voting for a third-party candidate is helpful meaningful, useful in any way. I have candidates, and I choose from them. In the primary, I get to vote with my – I get to vote idealistically. I get to vote in the way that I wish possibly be. That's what the primaries are there for. And look, let's give it up to the Republican Party, right? Because when the crazy guy took the lead in the Republican Party, that guy got the nomination. Maybe Bernie was crazy on our side. He didn't get the nomination. All right? He did. And I, I I I don't understand the crying over spilled milk that I see. I don't understand the um the lamenting and the beating of breasts. Bernie Sanders not winning. You know, I don't think that Donald Trump will stand by the Republican Party platform, okay? I don't think that. That's actually a good thing because I think the Republican Party platform is a piece of, well, garbage. But I do think that Hillary Clinton will stand next to the Democratic platform and the Democratic platform has incorporated Sanders' ideas. So what's the big problem? Have you guys gone to... Uh, isidewith.com, sure you have. I mean, if you want to be an informed voter, an informed voter, then you've taken a minute or two or 15 to go to isidewith.com and answer the questions and click the button at the bottom and find out who you side with. It used to be all of the candidates. Back when there were lots of candidates, you used to be able to see all of the candidates and all of their positions. Now we're talking about uh, the real candidates, the people that are actually there. So we've got five of them. Five. Why? Why five? I don't understand that at all. There are two. Voting for third party candidates is just craziness. I don't, I don't understand that strategy at all. I think it's a bad strategy, and I think splitting, I, I just think it's a bad strategy. Um, and yeah, I do employ strategy with my vote. I absolutely employ strategy with my vote. I vote for the person, but I want to win. I went to, to com before I did this show. And 97%, 97%, what I I score with Hillary Clinton. I scored 97%. Back when Bernie Sanders was on the ticket and I could see where I sided with Bernie Sanders, I scored 98% with Bernie. 98% to 97%. I'm giving up 1%. I, I don't feel like I'm really losing a candidate here is what I'm trying to say. I don't feel like I've been gypped or jaded or swindled somehow. The candidate that I have left to vote for, I sided with on 97% of the issues. And the other guy, I sided with 98 But I go down. I go down to 97%. is going down to 97 ever a bad thing amongst choices of candidates? I, I, I don't get that. I sided with Bernie on 98% of things, and I sided with Hillary Clinton on 97% of things. Go to Com, and, and maybe you did that when Bernie was a candidate too, and maybe you got 97 98 99%, and maybe Hillary Clinton was a couple of points below that. But most of the people I talked to, Clinton and Sanders were within five points of each other when Sanders was a candidate. And now Clinton's the candidate, and I'm losing 1% of the issues. I I, I don't feel like I've lost. I feel like I'm still winning by voting for that candidate. I feel like I've still got someone who really shares 97% of my views. How is that losing? How is that a loss when that's my candidate? I don't get that. I think that's amazing. When Barack Obama ran for president, I don't remember if there was an I side with then, but I know, I know, he scored a 97%. What, crazy? Then there's Donald Trump. Donald Trump is hard to score, by the way, on I side with because he doesn't say a whole lot about what his actual policies are. He doesn't talk about his actual plans for anything besides building a flipping wall. The only plan that the man has is building a wall because I really don't. I want to talk I want to finish this um, with one issue that I don't normally focus on like ever um, because it is literally the issue that I focus least on whenever I consider candidates. But I just think that this one issue is very interesting. Um, Over on my site, on iSideWith.com, there's a link to your results with on the individual candidates tax plans, right? It can estimate what kind of tax change you might be able to see should a candidate become president, right? Now, this, this uh, uh, tool still has Bernie Sanders and Ted Cruz listed as potential plans, but that's probably because they actually filed um, or they actually made uh, tax plans before they uh, left the race. Okay. Interestingly, by the way, I got nothing on Jill Stein in Texas, and I got nothing from Gary Johnson on taxes. All right? If you don't have an idea of what you plan to do with money, I don't understand how you even get consideration for a vote. All right? I don't understand how you, if you don't understand, if you don't have an idea of what you're going to do with taxes, then, then why, are you, why would I ever, ever consider you as a player? At all, you're just a talking head through a mouth with sounds coming out. I don't care. I've got nothing. I've got no time for that. I just want to end with the changes that may happen under this thing's estimate, right? Which doesn't necessarily have to map to reality, right? About what kind of changes might be coming? Should let's start with Hillary, because. She has my vote. She has my endorsement. Let's start with Hillary. Under Hillary Clinton, I see absolutely no change. For my situation, in my present economic status, according to this thing, I see Zippo change. No reductions, no increases, nothing. And by the way, a quick, just a quick thing to Sanders. According to this, I would pay $770 more under Sanders if he would have become president and enacted his plan. I had paid $770 more that guy I voted for in the primary. And I just want to take a moment real quick to talk about Donald Trump's plan because Donald Trump's plan looks um, tempting. It looks tempting. Donald Trump would save me $5,250 a year in income taxes. He would save me $5,250 a year in income taxes. But according to many of my fiscally conservative friends, they tell me that what really bothers them is all this national debt that's been racking up, all of these shortfalls in the, in the, in the budgets. We can't afford all of this stuff. According to Donald Trump's plan, he's planning on increasing the national debt eleven point two trillion dollars in the next ten years. He wants to increase the national debt by eleven point two trillion dollars in the next ten years. Now Hillary Clinton, now he's gonna save me five thousand two hundred dollars. But he's going to do that at the cost of the nation's fiscal ability. Hillary Clinton, says, I'm, I'm, I've got no change. Nothing, nothing changes. And somehow, this lady is going to reduce the national debt by four hundred ninety-eight billion dollars in the next ten years. Yeah, four hundred ninety-eight billion bucks—not even a trillion dollars. What is the start. It's going down. Plan after plan. It's not bad. Sanders, by the way, who is going to make me pay more, also is going to reduce the, nat- the national debt by fifteen trillion dollars, seven hundred seventy dollars out of my pocket for fifteen trillion dollars out of the national debt over tri- out of over ten years. Well, that's kind of how you pay, debt, isn't it? With money. Huh. So there you go. Look, I just brought this up because so many of my conservative friends want to tell me that they are concerned about spending, that they're concerned that we spend too much and we take in too little and something has to change. Well, if you're a fiscal conservative and you don't like the way that our government spends money, Donald Trump doesn't want the government to have any money to spend. And that racks up deficit. That adds to the national debt. That's not – and while Hillary Clinton doesn't appear to be raising any taxes, At least not that I can see. She's got a plan to reduce the deficit by half a trillion dollars. It's not a lot. It's not much. It's a start. It's a place to begin. It's a good plan. And taxes is not where I go. Because I'm poor. I don't make a lot of money. I don't pay a lot of taxes. Alright? This $5,250 is what this estimator thinks I pay an income tax, but I don't, because I get it back in earned income credit and additional child tax credit and savers credit. I don't actually pay that. under Donald Trump to take all those kinds of credits away from me. And he wants to add $11.2 trillion to the debt. So to all my fiscal conservative friends, I just want you to think about that, because that's a thing that you say is important to you. And if you are fiscally conservative, and you want to make sure that the government is handling money properly and is working to pay off its debts, then the candidate you want to vote for is not Donald Trump. It's Hillary Clinton. I know. I know. Look, I'm not excited to vote for her either. But you know what? I will. I will vote for her, and I will encourage my friends to do the same. Because when I look at the list of candidates, shortened though it may be now, I see one person who stands at 97% of my approval and another person who stands at a mere 13 There's not a contest, people. There's not a, this, this isn't a thing that I'm going to have to think about for a long time. It's something that's already been made. It's a decision that's already been made. And it's a decision that I made way back when the candidate list was filled. Because even then, I had a choice between 98 and 97. And I'm going to go, I guess it's 97. That makes sense, doesn't it? Thank you so much for joining me tonight. I know it was a little short on atheism. But at least you got to hear my voice, and at least I got to talk to you. And I am so, so grateful that I get to talk to you once a week. Hopefully, it's going to be again next week. Until then, take care of yourselves. God isn't here. We are. Good night. Like the fan page for the Atheist Roundtable at slash Atheist Roundtable on Facebook, or find your host at slash Andrew the Atheist. Send all of your email to Andrew the Atheist at gmail.com. This podcast is the official podcast of atheists, humanists, and agnostics of the Wabash Valley. Find us on Facebook for monthly meetups. Music for this episode is provided, as always, by Dick Richards. Thank you, Dick. God isn't here. We are. Take care of yourselves.